back once again with Buffum Updates. I'm your host, or co-host, should I say, Big Dog Chico, and I got my guy Adam right here with me. Uh, we had a little technical difficulties, but we are here with you guys to bring you guys some more uh, updates from the Buffs, a.k.a. Buffum Updates. Adam, how's it going? Let me know how you're feeling. And uh, let's check on this microphone. Is the microphone doing good so far? Testing one, two, three. I think we're good, finally. One, two, yeah, I was just watching Alton McCaskill's live yesterday, which we're going to talk about. And uh, the first time you go live, you got to figure out all the bells and whistles. And he got it rolling and did a good job. And it's like the, the first couple of minutes, it's like, man, I, I know that feeling when you're trying to get uh, all your equipment in line with the other person and the internet and all these moving parts. But no, it's great to be on with you. How are, how are you, Chico? Oh, man, I'm good. I'm good. We, uh, in three technical difficulties, like you said, I watched Alton do the same thing. I even sent him a text trying to help him out. So, um, you know, it, it, it happens. As I can still hear a little bit of a reverb, but I'm going to turn my microphone down or my earphones down so hopefully I won't hear it. But all in all, hey, I've been good. Uh, good weekend. Uh, we went through the All-Star game. We got through that, you know, 200-plus points on one end, <laughs> almost 200 <laughs> on the other. So we'll talk about those things. Also, the NCAA football and a few other things we can cover right now. Um, I'm going to make sure my mic is turned up as far as it can go. I see some people saying, turn your mic up, Chico. So, yeah, we're trying to get it in and uh, make sure that your user experience out there is uh, is as good as it can be. So, um, let me see. Shout out to Miss Mel up in here, Monty Dick Dickerson, Jeanette Fox, Lanikia, Shirley Kimball, uh, T. Webster, all the way, always uh, supporting and uh, putting on for the show. So, buff them updates with our topics. Uh, All-Star, LeBron, uh, Coach Prime always being in the news with all these big games. Somehow it gets turned back. The, the focus gets turned back on Coach Prime, or he mentioned along with CU football. So, we'll talk about that also. Uh, the D-line getting some work in. Uh, and then we got our top 10 ratings. Uh, at least for CU players, uh, for the NCAA football 25 coming out. Their first one in 13 years. We'll get on to that also. So first off, tell us about uh, how did you watch and how did you feel? We got to get into it because we talked about the Super Bowl last week, and this brings us right into, uh, um, or the week before, right into what we can talk about this week, and that is the All-Star game uh, in the NBA. So what do you what did you feel about that, watching that game, and uh, – what is, your, what is your outlook on it? You just have to watch it through the proper lens, right? Because uh, it's not real basketball. And uh, as a player, I was about trying to get buckets and not play defense. But uh, as a viewer, I like to watch some defense. And you don't get a whole lot in the All-Star game. I think the NBA was telling those guys, hey, can we up the care factor a little bit in terms of making it Still a showcase, but a situation where folks can tune in and uh, actually see a little bit more effort. But I, I don't know how you can incentivize, incentivize it to be that way. So maybe just appreciate it for what it is. I've always enjoyed All-Star Saturday Night a little bit more with you know the dunk contest. And uh, Little Mac, uh, he kind of reminds me of Little Mac. For, did you ever play the Mike Tyson's Punch-Out back in the day on, on the NES? For sure. I guess that's dating myself too. But yeah, for sure, Mike Tyson punch out. Definitely dating ourselves. But you can still like find that stuff online. All you have to do is search it and you can play it in about five minutes on, on your uh, on your Mac or PC. But uh, when he gave Shaq the ball, it was like kind of that final scene when you see little Mac 
and, and, and Mike Tyson on the same screen. But obviously uh, a, a little Mac in the NBA. I'm even blanking on his last name, but he's a heck of a dunker. And uh, Shaq, we're working together. That, that was a fun moment. He definitely, both years, has deserved that, that dunk championship. What, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, Matt McClung is his name. Um, and he did a dunk I've never seen before. When he jumped up that thing and got the ball, took his hands off, midair and then still dumped it oh, that was that was nice right there i never seen i think that. one of the judges thought that he bobbled it and that's why he got a 46 from from one of the old school judges yeah kenny smith <laughs> he was trending on twitter because people were saying that he was just going in on the judges but he was right he was saying dominic yeah. will need some glasses over there because they didn't see that and the judges are or he was ripping them because apparently they missed the fact that he jumped up in the air Took his hands off the ball and then dunked it. Oh, I was not. That was nice. I had a. I'll give him a cold blooded on that one because that was really nice. <laughs> yeah, Blue. but my guy Jalen Brown. I'm a big Celtics fan, and I was just a few weeks ago telling you that D Brown with the no look dunk back in '90 was like my inspiration to become a Celtics fan, and he tried to pull off. And so I give him credit for trying to pay homage to a former Celtic, especially he wears seven, D. Brown wore seven for the Celtics, same last name. Uh, I've got a Brown shirt. I don't know. Maybe it's um, it's D. Brown today and, and Jalen Brown tomorrow. But he uh, he lacked execution. He didn't even get into the, the no-look part of it until he already dunked the ball. So that part of it was frustrating. But, uh, no, it it's always fun. that When the dunk contest went, there it is right there. He tried. He, he tried. tried. But unfortunately, what he did was he 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 dunked it, and then he put his hand over yeah, it yeah. afterwards. I was like, wait, what is, did he mean to? It it kind of confused me at first, and I was like, oh man, maybe he was intending to do that, and just didn't you know get the correct bounce to where he can catch it and do it at the same time. But I'll just say, why why didn't he just take it and dunk it the same way? It's hard enough to do it blind, you know, without seeing it. The basket, why not just do it the same way D. Brown did it? I think he made it a little bit more uh, difficult on himself trying to catch it and dunk over um, anyone, and that was Kaisen not shot to him. But he tried to dunk over him, but you need to see the ball to catch it. And th but, you know, it just didn't make sense. Maybe, I don't know, did he, did he practice that and execute it? I'd be surprised if he did. If it looked like that when he was practicing it, I think Jalen Brown has enough pride that he wouldn't have uh, pulled it off. But if you could combine, Cedric Sabal's way back in the day did a blindfold dunk where he basically put a blindfold on, paced out his steps, and pulled it off. If you could pull that off with the D Brown, then that's that's a wrap right there on the dunk contest. I think that that would win it going away. And I do question whether Cedric Sabal's could see through that blindfold. We're we're going way back in the nineties here, yeah, uh, but. Yeah. <laughs> if you could somehow just make sure you can see a little bit through that thing, but make it seem like you can't from the outside, that that would work pretty well. Did Did you have a favorite dunk? Was it the 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 dunk that folks thought he had bobbled? I mean, because that was an incredible dunk. There were probably three dunks that he pulled off that I don't know if we've seen in the dunk contest before. Yeah, exactly. He gets in the air and just does all of this, and wham, and just dunks it all of a sudden. Crazy. So, yeah, I, I still think that one where he got up in midair and was able to uh, take his hands off the ball. I think that was one I never seen before, and I, I, I that's a fifty in my book, and he deserved to win off of that dunk um, and a couple others, like you said, the ones that he did. So, shout out to Matt McClune, two-time uh, dunk champion now, 
uh, in the NBA. Even though he's in the G League, I think somebody need to give him opportunity to play, um, you know, regular basketball in the NBA and see what happens. Yeah, and credit to Jalen Brown. He didn't have to do that. You know, this is a perennial all-star at this point. And uh, if there were more guys that were willing to step, I think it, the more star value you can get in that game. But having a G like G League guy come in there at – how tall is he, like six foot? Maybe six feet. Maybe six feet, man. But he's it's been fun. Yeah. since high school. Um, he's been a phenom since high school doing that um, on online, you know. And, um, you know, maybe somebody give him a chance. Like I said, uh, he, he can shoot it, too. He's not just a, a dunker. He can actually shoot it. Uh, I think he played at Texas Tech, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't look it up, but just off the top of my head. But he, he was he was nice in college also. So shout out to uh, Big Matt McClune. Again, uh, uh, another dunk contest championship and All-Star Weekend. I think um, another thing about All-Star Weekend we can discuss, and that brings us back to uh, our buffs, uh, Colorado and Coach Prime which is, let me see if I can pull it up here. And it's just amazing how no matter what's going on, the big game, Super Bowl, somehow we were talking about Colorado and Coach Prime. And now in the All-Star Weekend, NBA has nothing to do with CU Buffs football, but you got LeBron James wearing his version of Coach Prime shoes. Now, everybody was looking at it thinking that he's just wearing the Primes. But then he explained, I think on Twitter, I might have it queued up, or Instagram, uh, he explained that these are not just Coach Primes. These are like um, a, a hybrid of his LeBron 21s and the Coach Primes from 96. And if I could bring it up here, I'll let LeBron speak for it himself. Welcome to the show, LeBron James. How you doing, LeBron? <laughs> Let's see what LeBron said though about this real quick. Like, you see, it's on Instagram. Everybody can check it out. But this is what he said. Right here. These are... Uh, Mixed with the prime, prime Dion, ninety six. So you see the little subtle differences on there. He said these are the LeBron twenty ones mixed with the prime uh, Dion's ninety sixes, which of course was made for diamond turf, not basketball. So you see a little bit of the differences there with the Nike sign on the back instead of the air bubble and a few other graphics uh, on the bottom of the shoe. But I think they're made now for more basketball rather than. Uh, diamond turf or cross trainer type that we used to see back in the day. What did you feel about LeBron wearing Coach Prime shoes on the court, getting iconic uh, dunks in the in the game? And Coach Prime and CU is mentioned during the All Star game. It's crazy that this is kind of everyday living now as a Colorado fan that you see your program represented in this way, and and uh, hopefully folks don't get numb to it because it's pretty cool. You don't have to be. Whatever your feelings are on LeBron James, whether you're the biggest fan or you're not the biggest fan, uh, him representing uh, Colorado with those shoes is awesome. And hopefully, hopefully again, we don't get we don't get numb to the fact that uh, th this is pretty awesome for the program. Uh, what, what about you? Is that maybe something that could ever hit the stores, or you think that's just kind of a uh, a hybrid that that LeBron, because he's LeBron, gets gets made for him just for for the All Star game? Yeah, great question because uh, I was thinking that they were going to hit the store, but looking at this complex article right here and what you just said, kind of, you might be right. It might just be one of those one of ones type deal that LeBron wears, and then you know it still promotes the the fact that Dion has the DT ninety uh, six is out there coming out, and they just fuse them together for the All Star game, or this could be an actual version uh, or or 
release from LeBron James and Nike. Who knows? But, you know, they look good to me. <laughs> and I think if they release them, uh, people will be buying them and they'll be flying off the shelves just like uh, the Coach Primes did when he released the 1500 and they sold out in like 15 minutes. If that, I think the same thing would take place uh, with these LeBron 21s. Remember there was that rumor that LeBron was coming out for the USC game this fall? If LeBron does ever come out to Folsom Field, are we even going to know about it? Or is this going to be like a, a secret detail that gets him in, in and out? I can't imagine he's going to be standing on the sideline, all uh, Kevin Garnett, Dr. J, and Paul Pierce from this last year. He'd have to kind of keep himself a little bit more under the radar, right? Yeah, I think if LeBron is on the sideline, then, you know, I mean, shouts out to everybody who was there. You could name them all, all the greats, all the legends, entertainment, music, sports, whatever, movies, whatever. If LeBron James come on the sideline, <laughs> I can see some players like, you know, might be losing a little focus. Say, Hold on, let me go say something to LeBron. Or either in the locker room, somehow you got to, Rub shoulders, brush up against him, shake his hand, speak to him. Something you want, you gonna. It's LeBron James. It's it's Goat James, as Shannon Sharp would say. You know, it's a difference. I think. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. No, that, would, that that's fun though. And and uh, yeah, again, two years ago, I couldn't you, have fathomed. You was the uh, guy, though. You was, was the that? basketball. You was the basketball guy. You know, I played too, but you was the basketball guy. And these shoes right here, you know, if they were basketball shoes like this. And like you say, you like the lower cut yeah. ankle uh, shoes rather than a higher top. Could you wear these? Oh, yeah. That's it right there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's nice, man. So, yeah. like I said, um, CU is somehow getting in the conversation no matter what the game is, no matter what the event is. Somehow Coach Prime and uh, the management team, whether it's Nike or whatever type of deal he has, gets worked into where the eyeballs are. And I think that is huge, and that leads to um, – the NCAA football game coming out in 25, which is, hasn't come out since uh, 2013. Now they're looking um, to put it out again this summer. And who knows who's going to be on the cover of it. But I would say, who would you like to see on the cover? If I'm asking everybody in the comments, also in the chat, get in the chat right now. Let us know who would you like to see on the cover of the NCAA football 25. As you can see right here, we got some candidates for you. We got Travis Hunter. You got Ralphie running out. You got Coach Prime. You got Shador Sanders and whoever else. But I'm asking Adam and I'm asking the chat, and I'll give you my answer also. Who would you like to see as the cover athlete in the NCAA football 25? Those are all good options. Uh, Coach Prime is the most recognizable face if you're just – a person walking into the store and trying to grab a video game. But I'm thinking as a younger person, number one on, on there, the, the Travis Hunter, my, that might be the place to go. Uh, it just a guy that played that number of snaps going both ways and played more snaps than anybody in the country. And that's with the injury, you know, forcing him out of two and a half games and just a really transcendent figure in college football. I think you got four options right there. You could even uh, have, I mean, the, the, if you told me it was my decision, I'm probably going with Coach Prime and Peggy last year's spring game where she's kicking the ball and, and he's got her arm and he's he's holding her for what I was really impressed with. Peggy got that, that ball actually up off the ground a little bit. So uh, yeah. 
it it would make sense for EA Sports to have a Colorado Buffaloes cover given the ratings we saw from from their games last year and that's just that's not just me being biased as a Colorado reporter that that is truth that uh, they're going to sell a lot of copies if they put the buffs on it and so uh, I'm anxious we we have no idea outside of the the fact that it's actually happening right I mean we don't have a release date we don't know I'm curious too are we gonna have guys that are committed to colleges like a BJ Green that aren't you know, technically at Colorado enrolled yet? Are they going to be on the roster? What's going to be kind of the makeup of, of this game? Because uh, it's been a long time since any of us have played a new NCAA football game, and that might uh, get me back to the couch to, to play some video games with the kids. Right. And you just brought up an interesting question right there. Hopefully my mic is good. Let me know in the comments right now. But you just brought up an interesting question because what are they going to do about guys in the transfer portal? And how – because – you look at a game like Madden or, or uh, NBA 2K, you have free agents, right, where you can sign these free agents. How would that work in NCAA football? Are you going to have these real people in the transfer portal? Are you going to have a select few in the transfer portal? How would that work? Will they get paid for that, compensated for that? Uh, their name, uh, image, and likeness will be used on this. So – a lot of questions going into it. What, what, like you said, what roster are they going to use? The spring one or the projected season roster? It doesn't come out till the summer, is what I read. But uh, there's a lot of questions to be asked. But like, like you said, I will be, you know, going back, reverting back to my days and getting couch locked and sitting up on that thing at least for a few <laughs> and playing some NCAA football. That used to be the game of choice back in the day. It's going to be a lot of fun playing uh, a video game with uh, Shadour as a quarterback. Our Brad Crawford on 24-7 Sports, he projected that Shadour Sanders was going to have a 95 overall rating. He projected that Travis Hunter is going to have a 97. What do you think? Is that is that pretty accurate? They had Travis with his projected best attribute being agility. I would agree with that. And then they had Shadour with his best attribute being throw power. That, I wouldn't say that's wrong, but I would maybe trend towards accuracy in terms of his his top attribute. For, for Shadur? Um, Shadur, yeah. yeah uh, definitely accuracy, but I saw some people saying throwing power. So, yeah. you know, I would probably say, you know what, thinking about it, I would say awareness. I would say awareness. Awareness should be up there too, and that's going to be in the place of um, – I think I hear some feedback, but that's going to be in the place of, you know, reading the defense, knowing where to throw the ball, ball placement, uh, uh, escaping sacks and that that nature. So I think that'll be his, his highest attribute, awareness, and then the uh, pass accuracy, and then um, the, the throwing power, uh, I would think, for Shadur Sanders. But if there's a lot of other guys that's going to be, you know, looking for their ratings. Also, you mentioned Alto and his questions and answers. He kind of spoke on this. Uh, when someone asked him what did he think his uh, his rating would be, I'm gonna bring that up shortly. But or, or I could tell you what he said because I don't know we having all type of difficulties today. <laughs> but I'm gonna tell you what he said. Alton said y'all can go find this on his page on YouTube. His questions and answers live from yesterday. They asked him um, what do you think your ratings would be. He said you know if if they're gonna slight me then maybe uh you know 82 maybe a 80. Even they can go down to the 70s because he's coming off an injury. But they got, they have to respect – I say higher than that because they have to respect what he did at Houston. 
double-digit touchdowns, almost a thousand yards. You know, they have to respect that, knowing that you know the, his potential, what he could bring, based off of what he did. So I think he'll be one of the highest-rated guys. Um, you know, who are some of the other guys on the team that you think will be uh, in that higher rating category? Well, sticking with Alto, it's good that he has a little bit of awareness of kind of setting expectations that I've been a little bit off the radar for a minute because he didn't get on the field a whole lot this past season outside of a couple games and until they decided to put, shut him down and redshirt him. But you talk about maybe the guy that has the biggest upside in terms of what his rating would be on this game and what you'd remake that rating to be at the end of the season. Um you'd be hard-pressed to, to find a player that, that has more upside than him. I am kind of curious because, I, to me, if I'm starting to go down the list of who would be the next top guys in terms of their rating, B.J. Green, who is at Arizona State right now, just finishing up his undergraduate, but he signed financial aid agreement with Colorado. He is sold to be a buff. And Will Shepard at Vanderbilt, he's still there at Finishing up his undergraduate work at Vanderbilt this spring is going to be on campus this summer. Those are a couple of guys that that I would think would be kind of next in line in terms of ratings. And then a Lejante Wester, I don't know if he's going to get the credit he deserves from the folks that put that game together, but um, the, just his dynamic ability as a returner and what you can you can uh, you know expect out of him in the slot receiver role this year he, he's expected to be you know an elite player and then th- there's there's so many guys kind of in that next tier of uh, you know avante bentley uh, uh a jimmy horn jr does shiloh sanders get some love uh travis woods uh dylan edwards with that speed th- there's quite a few guys i think that you could uh make a good case for having a pretty high rating on that game yes indeed um i would uh, if i would have to say some of the guys who might be left off or, or, you know, underrated, you know, you name DJ Green, of course, I would say him. Uh, I, I like big Tyler Johnson, a big offensive lineman. Um, he should be highly rated. He has a high PFF grade for the NFL going into next year. Um, Alto, of course, Dylan Edwards, you name Shepard, uh, Levante Bentley, BJ Green. Uh, I like Maytayer also. Uh, Silo Sanders should be up there in the 89, 90, 91 range, in my opinion. Uh, his hit power should be amazing. Uh, he should have high awareness also. Uh, Dylan Edwards' speed should be off the charts. Uh, a guy like even Khalil Benson coming over from from uh, uh, Indiana, all the sacks uh, or all the snaps he played without giving up uh, many sacks. I think it was only one on the books. You know, I think he would be huge in this. But Travis Hunter... I wouldn't be surprised if he had a 90, 97 to a 99 rating, uh, uh, especially in the stamina department. <laughs> stamina, awareness, oh, yeah. he, should be, he should be up there off the charts. Especially if he's the cover of that, of that game. It's crazy you mentioned Tyler Johnson and Khalil Benson. I mean, there's probably six Colorado offense alignment. If you told me EA Sports made them the highest rated – Colorado offense lineman for, for this game, I wouldn't be shocked. It, it wouldn't even shock me if it's a Jordan Seaton just because of all the buzz that he's created. Uh, probably not Tyler Brown because he doesn't get as much, uh, kind of like uh, Alton McCaskill, a little bit under the radar because he didn't play this last year. But you could make a case for him deserving to, to have a high rating. Um, who am I forgetting? Savion Washington, you know, is a guy that we forget about yeah. that – 
you know, is is back and going to be competing for a starting spot. Uh, Justin Mayers, you know, he can make an, an argument to, to be the top-rated O-lineman as well. Exactly. Um, let me see. One other guy I might be missing out on that I didn't name. Hmm. Uh, why you you said you said Wester right? John said yeah. Wester. He, he has to get some respect. Uh, even Jimmy Horn Jr. Shout to Jimmy, who had a lot of catches last year, led the team for a long while, and um, put up some good numbers. So, you know, we'll wait and see. But I'm sure everybody's excited to see themselves on the game. I remember my first time seeing myself on the game. Um, I was more of a Madden player, but when NCA came out of my, I, I got to play with myself and see how you know. <laughs> Okay, they respect my speed a little bit. All right, all right. You know, you look at it and you kind of, you know, rate yourself and say, what can I work on? You know, that's how they see me. Okay, I can work on this also. You know, so it's a, it's a different experience to see that and, and to uh, play with yourself on that, you know, on the game. <laughs> how many touchdowns did you score virtually with yourself on that game? Uh, um, if it's under 100, I'm, I'm going to lose respect for you. Right. <laughs> 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 I'm throwing to myself. You better believe it. I'm throwing to myself, uh, and, and I'm yelling, "Get open!" If, if I'm not open or whatever, I'm, yes, I'm throwing to myself. So, uh, in, in my case, just like Alton said, once he gets the game, he's going to be a 99 anyway. So it doesn't matter. So that means that <laughs> I don't care what my rating is. I'm going to use it like I have a 99. There you go. Right. So uh, let me see. We got different. Uh, Got a different questions in the chat. Y'all get in the chat. Let me know. Shouts out to William Berry for the $5 super chat saying, Juju Lewis reclass 2025 quarterback is going to sign with CU. He revisiting in March. He wants to be coached by Pat due to his 20 years NFL coaching experience. Nice. I appreciate that, William Berry. Shout out to um, uh, Julian Lewis. Uh, you covered him last week, I think, on um, or at least a couple weeks ago. Adam explains. Anything you want to say about this? Um on the super chat right here. I saw that he was coming back. Yeah, I'm not going quite that far, but uh, all I've heard is that Colorado's in the mix. It's Georgia, USC, and Colorado are are the three that I've heard a lot of buzz with him. And Colorado made some headway with that that first visit and the fact that he's going to come back out is going to be big. It's so fluid, Chico. Like, you just – I get as a Colorado fan, you just want to – you know, assume that he's going to be a buff and, and there's a chance that it could, they, they got to put some work in and there's the whole NIL part of it and, and kind of figuring out how to, to close the deal. But um, as we've seen with coach prime and this staff, when um, they have a chance at a blue chipper, they, they usually went out. Now there, there's a lot of competition, Georgia is arguably the top program in the country now, especially with Nick Saban retiring and, um, USC is a program he's been committed to for a while. So it's going to, it's going to be a battle with him, but I do like where Colorado stands with him as we record this. Okay. Well, we'll just have to wait and see There's a lot of quarterbacks out there, but like you said, a couple weeks ago, you got to get in on them early so that they can, you know, possibly do some recruiting, uh, on their, on their owns also, because, um, they know the good players. All right. So let's see here. One other thing we're going to go to, uh, I got a breakdown. Last couple of weeks we've been doing Adam Explains. We're going to do a big dog breakdown on this one. And we're going to talk about one of the guys who I love at tight end. But before we do that, let's go to our defensive line uh, who's been getting some work in. Um, we saw posted on Twitter, uh, big Amari McNeil working with former uh, SEC sack leader and uh, pro 
player and now trainer Marcus uh, Howard. And I can see here, this is their Twitter that Amari McNeil posted. And you can see them getting that work in right here with the trainer. And also, I was gonna, I'm going to ask you about this, but also we'll see that uh, big Chaz Wallace posted that he's now 310 pounds. How do you feel about that? Is that going to help him um, and help us a lot on that, on that line with him gaining that weight? And um, also them putting in a lot of defensive line work uh, while everybody else is not working or doing something else. They're putting in this extra work right here. How does this going to benefit? How is this going to benefit the Buffs defensive line? Well, with Amari McNeil, I, I think if you go back to the last month and a half of the season, the 2023 season, he was emerging as one of the most improved players on the entire team. But because that was kind of when the season with the Stanford uh, loss started to kind of go downhill a little bit and they were losing games and, you know, people kind of their their focus went on, OK, are the Buffs going to be able to bounce back? And it was less about kind of players that were emerging. And so I thought a little bit of, of Mar Amari McNeil's improvement uh, went a little lost this past year. But uh, and especially when you you go into human psychology of the new guys in the roster are just exciting. You know, you, you might love Shane Cokes, but then you bring in Quincy Wiggins and just, you know, coming in from being the number one ranked prospect in Louisiana, Louisiana a couple years ago, coming in from LSU and a first off the bus type guy. And uh, that's exciting and new, but you know, Shane Cokes is going to have a big role on this team. Mari McNeil is going to have a big role on this team. And Chaz Wallace is one of those kind of guys that, you know, he was part of the rotation and did some nice things, but didn't have that Amari McNeil really emergence last season. And so uh, having that weight in there is important. And we'll see what this defensive scheme looks like in terms of, uh, you know, how much they're going to, they're going to knees, they're going to use a, a nose type in their scheme. But um, yeah, you, you need uh, some 300 plus pounders. And, you know, that, that's something uh, that, you know, they, they needed to improve on off last year. And there was not as much of an issue defensively with the push against them as there was in terms of the O-line. But, uh, no, I, as long as it's a good we, good weight, Chico, right? I mean, 310 can be really, really good or it could not be so good. And so uh, that's one of the things we'll have to keep an eye on during spring ball in terms of how he's moving with that weight. Yeah. I like Chaz a lot. I like, you know, his quickness off the ball and his, his motor and – all I was saying last year was if he could get a little bit heavier is what I was thinking, you know, and, and that's what a, a few other guys on the line, but especially him, uh, Hawkins, if they can get a little bit heavier and keep their quickness, look at his hand speed right here um, and, and his motor that he had last year, I think it's going to benefit him a lot to get on that field and stay in that rotation. Probably, you know, double the time he spent last year, he'll be able to stay on the field uh, this year. Uh, he's going to have to compete up that middle with, uh, Anquan Barnes, uh, Shane Cokes will be a little bit on the outside, but Amari McNeil up that middle, uh, Victorian Carter up the middle. Uh, you got a few guys who's going to be competing, and, and Bishop Thomas is still on this roster, and that leads, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> right into that question to you because I don't have it on here, but, you know, Bishop Thomas is on the roster, but we haven't seen Bishop. Do you have anything on that, or what are your thoughts on that, should I say? with Bishop Thomas being on the roster uh, and uh, also uh, Chick Dawson off the roster. You just had to watch the behind the scenes stuff last fall to know that, that coach prime 
really enjoys Bishop Thomas's young man and wants him to, to really get it together and mature. And, and that, that was put out in the forefront. And I don't think that was by mistake. I think that was by design, you know, that this is, this is a time Bishop that you've got to grow up as a young man. And if he was suspended late last season and he stepped to the challenge up to the challenge and, and he's going to be out there for spring ball, then that's great because um, not only does he have that great personality, but uh, he brings some real great athleticism in, in the trenches and was a guy that caused a lot of problems, you know, during preseason camp last year, had a few flashes this past season. Uh, he maybe had my favorite play of the entire season in the, the TCU game when he just completely buried the, the TCU defender into the turf in the end zone. And uh, there, there's a line coach prime had about Jordan Seaton that he doesn't want to just bury guys. He wants to make them a sprinkler. And that's what Bishop Thomas did, did on that play. And Shane Cokes had, had a couple, a couple of those moments as well. And I, I love it. That, that is uh, a mentality. He plays the game of football with it that you can't not get behind it. If you're a Colorado fan with, with Chick Dawson, he was dealing with injuries. I'm, I'm anxious to, to hear, um, if that's official, what the deal is there. and Because uh, he had that big game, two touchdowns this past season, and we didn't see, see him a whole lot due, due to injuries. So um, I don't know if that's official official, but um, if he's not able to play, that, that would be a bummer because he's got obviously some some great speed and uh, could have added some some things to the mix for Colorado. Now they are pretty deep, deep at receiver, so it's, it's more you feel bad for – if if that is indeed the case for Dawson, then you do the, the team because I think they're going to be just okay, just just fine at that position. Yeah, you're exactly right um, on on both of those issues, in my opinion. Uh, so we'll see how it plays out. Shout out to uh, Chick and shout out to Big Bishop. Uh, hopefully they can you know find their way, whatever it is that'll be best for them. Whether it's coming back to join the team or whether it is uh, moving on to some other place. Hopefully they can find a way to be successful in whatever they do um shouts out to everybody in the chats once again if y'all got any questions let us know shelly r said thanks all i'll look it up oh okay i mean <laughs> oh now shout out somebody else out there also so yeah i think bishop he can bring you know something else up that middle you know if he come in with the right mindset and stuff chick like you said you kind of heard it for him rather than the whole team because it's so much depth at wide receiver um if Bishop doesn't come, I would like to see us add another defensive tackle in place of him. But, you know, it's all speculation right now. We'll we based off the roster that was posted online, but we'll wait to see how it plays out uh in the future. So, um, Adam, you can let us know what we're gonna do next then. Let's go right into it. As we transition to that, I do wanna say one last thing here, Chico. I wanna see more Bishop Thomas on kickoff coverage too. That that was another moment. I it was again kind of late, right before he got suspended, where he just compl- what game was that? Do you remember? Uh, it was a home. It was a home game for sure. I I thought it was a couple of games. I okay. Being like, why is Bishop out here on kick kickoff? I've never seen that before. I to <laughs> go back into my memory. Have I ever seen a defensive tackle on kickoff? Now I've been around a lot of athletic defensive tackles, but just. My mentality would be I'm not going to let the big guy run down the field, sprint down the field on a kickoff, knowing that it's going to be likely going into the end zone, right? So that's just a sprint wasted. And now he's a little bit put in the backup linebacker or something, I would feel. But he went down there and proved me wrong. I had to shut my mouth up on a live stream because he smacked somebody in the mouth. And I said, well, leave him out there then. 
Yeah. Because <laughs> he produced. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Big Bishop, man. Big athletic. You saw him riding a skateboard in the Coach Prime series. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Chico, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to set you up here. We've done Adam Explains. The, the, the past couple weeks I've talked about some different recruiting topics. And you being a former tight end yourself, uh, having scored over 100 touchdowns on EA Sports, which is pretty impressive. <laughs> I want I want your breakdown of Shaman Metair. It is I'm totally butchering that in my Metair. It's okay. Metair. Metair. This is a big piece to Colorado's roster, especially you looked at it last year. Michael Harrison. He. he Stepped up big in big moments. In that CSU game, it was a great story for a former walk-on, uh, basically you know, helping lift the team because so much of the focus had gone on some of Colorado's other players, and, and he took advantage of that. But I think Shaman is a little bit more of a well-rounded tight end, and I'm anxious to kind of hear your breakdown of his game and what Buffs fans can expect from him uh, this season and going forward. Yeah, uh, shout out to uh, Shaman Maytayer and also our former tight end last year, my guy Mikey Harrison, who did a great job. I have his stats right here. as uh, 31 catches last year, 284 yards, five touchdowns, averaging 9.2 per catch. Uh, pretty product productive for a tight end, especially one coming from a wide receiver position, moving inside the tight end and didn't even play, you know, a uh, uh, Humongous amount of uh, large amount of snaps. You know, he was only in there for situational uh, uh, ball uh, offensive calls, and he made a lot of plays in that CSU game. And five touchdowns on the season is huge because if you compare it to Maytayer last year, 23 catches, 258 yards, and five touchdowns, but he averaged uh, 11.2 yards per catch. Uh, so he's going to bring that receiver element. He looks as as at himself as a um, a route runner, he says. I should pull it up right here. But the thing that he's going to bring that's going to be different from what my guy Mikey Harrison brought is, is this guy's a, a more of a true tight end. He's more of a big body, uh, six foot five, 248, 250 pounds. He's going to be on the end of that line, being able to set that edge in the run game. Uh, it's going to open up situations where a coach can call play action pass now in goal line. Um, he He's also a a big game breaker. He can take a short catch and go for 60 yards because of his speed. He has long range speed, hard to cover. He's going to be a mismatch over that middle for Shador Sanders in the offense. Hopefully he can go and I'm putting a lot of, you know, pressure on him by saying this. Hopefully he can work that over the middle of the field like a Travis Kelsey. And, um, you know, we had a lot of talk about option routes last year, but, you know, him running none option routes like just streaks up the middle of the field, post routes, seven routes, crossing routes, a lot of things like that. He's going to be able to just wreak havoc over the middle of the field against those linebackers and uh, and safeties. Like I said, a bigger body didn't have what he wanted to have in the receiving game at Cincinnati last year, so he figured out a way to, hey, if I can get in the transfer portal, get over here to Colorado and work with a, a, a prolific passer, you know, someone who's going to be in that Heisman race like Shadour Sanders, that should up his numbers. And I think, uh, you know, with the opportunities come, he's going to be able to put up some big numbers this year. because He is that tight end that that's, can be on the end of that line, can be in the H-back position also, can be a lead blocker. So that's going to bring more versatility to the offense. Uh, like I said, 
to go from a slot receiver to uh, to inside, and then he can line up at H back. That brings a lot of differences in uh, creating matchups on the offense uh, for Coach Pat Shermer and Shadur Sanders. So look for big things from Mayter. I will project probably a. If he had five last year and Mikey had five last year without playing a lot, I would predict like a six to eight touchdown season for Maytayer, uh, 30 to 40 catches and close to 500 yards for him. And I think that will be a, a highly productive season. And I'll end on this. Colorado had a tight end. I should have – what's his name? You you could tell me. Uh, number 38, He he's playing with the Eagles now. Had the long hair. Yeah, Maybe Brady Russell. Yep. Brady Russell got drafted, right? Um, and he's he was got, an undrafted free agent signing. Yeah, he, yeah, he got signed. Yeah, and he's playing. He's on the Eagles roster right now, and that's because scouts can look and they can project and say tight end position. Hey, he can be productive. He might not have been used a lot in this offensive scheme, but for my scheme, he works perfectly. And that's why you see a guy like Russell on the Eagles roster, even though he didn't even have as many catches last year as uh, either of these guys. So, or should I say in his uh, uh, last year at CU football. So, May Terrier, I'm looking for a lot from him. Shouts out to um, his native home country of Haiti, you know, and all the people down there in the Caribbean islands and such. Um, but May Terrier is going to be a big-time piece for this offense coming up this season. All of a sudden, that tight end group is kind of intriguing with Savelle Smalls moving there too, right? And Brett Bartoloni taking over the group there. You kind of want to keep an eye on that group and just see how that's all meshing and, and if – Savelle Smalls is emerging there, but yeah, I think Shimon is is uh, his lane right now to be the guy at tight end uh, is there as long as he takes advantage of it. I would think, and uh, that's one of the guys when you get out there for spring ball that, that you got to keep a close eye on because you know, that is a position that just creates mismatches if you have a guy there that uh, you know can create those mismatches. And and I think Shimon is, is that guy. He was a little bit streaky, you know, during his time at Cincinnati, but it seemed like some of these guys, Samuel Okunlola and, and a few other guys, they were trending at the, at the right time last year. Um, and, and now they're obviously in Colorado's program looking to make that next, next step as a program. He's, he's definitely one of those guys that seems to have a pretty, pretty high upside. Yeah. And like you said, streaky, I think, um, you know, that goes right into the, to, to the projection, um, value of a guy like Mayter. You know, you look at him and what he did, yeah, in the offense for Cincinnati, but you kind of look at, you know, his body type, um, the type of player he is, and how does he fit in the offensive scheme and what we're trying to do uh, in Colorado. And what you would love to have is, like I said, a, a bigger body tight end on the internet line who's not afraid to block, who can uh, help out in the run game, but also you can sneak out down the field get behind these linebackers, make a catch, and also take it to the house. I think Mayter is going to be huge in that aspect. Uh, shout out to 247 Sports. Uh, he Out of high school, he was a three-star uh, athlete coming out, but then in the transfer portal, just like I think Okanlola was, uh, was a four-star in that transfer portal. So um, Mayter, uh, Savelle Smalls, that, that whole tight end room has beefed up a lot, you know, because you see, like I said, like you see, Smalls is a bigger body, 250 plus pounds. Uh, Passarello is a bigger body. Uh, Eli is a bigger body. Uh, Yelperson, all the guys that they have there are bigger body tight ends who have pass catching uh, ability. So, May Tayer, look for him. You know, what's interesting too there, Chico, is that 
Clint Brewster, the son of Tim Brewster, uh, works for 24-7 Sports, and he's a big part of our transfer rating. So there's a, a good chance that he gave Shimon that, that rating. So uh, it, it's kind of an interesting deal, and, and he, he did a great job. His Tim Brewster son, Clint Brewster, I mentioned, uh, was a quarterback at Mullen High School here in Colorado, signed with Minnesota when, when Tim Brewster was a head coach up there and, and played some college ball. So he, he was a fun quarterback back in the day. It used to be that Mullen was kind of the, the powerhouse in, here in Colorado, and now Clint's uh, doing great work with 24-7 sports. It's, it's kind of a thankless job because uh, if you haven't rated a fan base, every fan bases commit uh, as a four or five star they're they're angry with you but they they really are pretty meticulous about that they get into the huddle and they're not just watching highlights they're getting into game footage and and these are guys that that played the game know the game and they're reaching out to folks and so i have issues with some of their ratings and and everybody does because it's very subjective uh but i I do know they put a lot of work into it as just kind of a, a a cool connection with with colorado's former tight ends coach Exactly. Shout out to Coach Tim Brewster. I think he's at Charlotte right now. Yep. Charlotte, yeah, shout out to Coach Tim Brewster in Charlotte. Been around, man. That coaching carousel is it, it's crazy. It could be brutal to anybody, especially to, to the families of the coaches. Uh, we've seen guys move from here to there, cross country. Uh, just for example, like we could take a pick of anyone. Sean Lewis, you know, even before he got to Kent State. I just start at Kent State. You go from Kent State to Colorado, to California, right? From Ohio to California in a matter of a couple of years, and you probably didn't even think that, but an opportunity come about to coach somewhere else, and you have to take it. You can't kind of pass on it. So that's what a lot of these coaches' life is right now, um, jumping from place to place. Uh, Nick Williams from Georgia to Texas to Colorado to Syracuse, and who knows how long he'll be at Syracuse because another opportunity could come up and he could end up in Alabama somewhere, you know, all of a sudden. So uh, have you ever thought about being a coach in any sport? And how do you feel like all of that moving could affect uh, family? Yeah, I don't think I could pull that off. That that It's a special person that – that uh, and family and, and these wives that have to do that. I mean, let's be honest. They might be the, the real saints in this whole thing because uh, that's, a, that's a tough deal even – you know, if it's having to uproot your life and, and you got to figure out everything new every time you move. And so you need that, that rock in your life to be able to do that. Um, all I've done is, is coach youth stuff. And I, I enjoy that part of it because uh, it's lower stress. But um, I don't think I'm built for that, Chico. I, I'm built for uh, jumping on Zoom with you. What about you? <laughs> I'm built for jumping on Zoom with you, dog, because <laughs> you want me there. Uh, I mean, I, I coached um, – the receivers, when I first got done playing football overseas, I, I went back home before coming to Hawaii or after coming to Hawaii. I went back home, um, coached youth league, then had an opportunity to coach with a smaller college that was in my hometown, wide receivers. And I knew they had um, a receiver from Florida State, actually. Shout out to Fred Rouse, who went on to play in the Canadian League. They had him there, but they said they didn't have a wide receivers coach or he left or something. Chico, would you come coach our receivers? Well, sure I will. So went over there to coach. Um, I think we reported my first day. I reported like seven in the morning. Didn't get home till six at night. And I had just had a little baby girl at the time, and uh, they were only paying like a stipend or something. I was like, wait a minute, timeout. 
what I said when I was playing that I wouldn't get into because I saw how long my coaches were there at the facilities. I was like, nah, I want to, I want to live my life. I don't want to dedicate it to, to, to being in this facility all the time. But then never knowing when you have to get up and, and leave or move because you can get fired or the coach can get fired. So like you said, I wouldn't do it for that dog. And as the, as the youngers would say, I ain't about that life. And you can't, you can't like a lot of jobs, you can kind of go through the motions and that's obviously not what we're doing here, but there, let's be honest, you get into a cubicle job and you just kind of, okay, what is every, what's every coworker doing? Okay. I can do that. Get away with this and that with coaching. It, you got to have both feet all in and you just have to fully immerse yourself into it. And, uh, it, it does take over your life. And, and so I do have a lot of credit for these guys. And, um, honestly, I don't know, like I said earlier, I don't know how their wives deal with that. You, I, you got to just be upfront. I'd imagine if you're a young coach and be like, uh, very early in the dating process of like, this is, this is going to be the reality. Can you get on board with this? Because you, you, and because assistant coaches are such good recruiters, they can usually recruit a pretty good wife out of, out of the mix. And so I, I would imagine that they're pretty smart about doing that, but you still got to go through that process of moving all the time and, and learning a new fan base. And so I have, I have a lot of respect for those guys. A lot of respect for them. So um, much love to everybody who's in coaching. I know like uh, Nick Saban's wife, Miss Terry, I know she's happy right now <laughs> to probably have more. Maybe she's not, but right now to have more of uh, Nick Saban at home and uh, and all the other coaches out there who've been coaching for 30 and 40 plus years, those wives have to take that in stride. And I heard one lady say um, about her husband when she told her mom that she was going to be dating a businessman who's going to be working a lot. Well, the mom said, listen, don't date a fisherman or don't get mad when you date a fisherman and he goes fishing, you know? No, in other words, know know what you know what you're getting yeah. into, know what you're marrying, and know that if he's going to be a coach, that that's going to be the lifestyle that you that you're going to have to be into. So, uh, shout out to the wisdom from the moms out there. And uh, so, with that being said, y'all go check out Prime Parents also on my channel, Big Dog Chico page, with all the moms from the CU Buffs checking in. And uh, hopefully, we can get more. Y'all leave a comment below. Let me know uh, some y'all would like to see. Uh, Adam, I saw Buffum. Buff stampeding into the pregame. Let me get it right. Buff stampeding into the pregame show. Let us know about the new uh, uh, show that's will be, I think, weekly with Uncle Neely out there. Uh, Buff stampeding into the pregame show. Yeah, I think we're going to rebrand it. It's going to be uh, actually I, I, maybe I don't have the this ready to release it. We're waiting on the Logan logo, but it's basically, it's going to be a mailbag show where uh, I reach out for folks to ask questions to uncle Neely. And we're going to pare it down to about 10. We're probably looking about uh, two shows a month just to, to touch base with, with uncle Neely. Obviously he's as dialed in as anybody in the media, if not more so than, I mean, it's, you know, Darius Sanders had reached the people and Deion Sanders, Jr. Bucky for, for well off media. And, Uncle Neely from the pregame show that that are in the facilities every day, and so uh, and Coach Prime really trusts them. And and I, I like that Uncle Neely. Yes, he's he's not going to give anything away to opponents, but he will 
answer questions and, and give you good insight into the program. And so I'm looking forward to that collaboration, just like I look forward to collaborating with you and some others. And uh, I, I you know, the more we can get Uncle Neely uh, to, to talk, I, I think the better. And so he, he collaborates with a lot of people and he's just got such a, a cool outlook on things. And I, I know you and I share this as well, is that uh, working together helps all of us. And so uh, we all have, you know, different areas that we kind of bring to the mix and it creates good content when, when we all come together. And so uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, just like prime parents, it, it's just another Avenue for CU folks out there to, to feel more connected to this program. Hopefully. That's what it's all about. Having more information out there uh, to connect more to people. And like Neely even said, it's not about any competition because, you know, I don't have to blow your uh, uh, candle out to try to make my, burn or shine brighter it's not going to happen you know what i mean we can shine yeah. together and we can put the spotlight on one another and um, hopefully cross promote because everybody who might be watching over here doesn't know about this place but once you cross promote now you know they'll know about each other and they won't unsubscribe from you to subscribe to him it doesn't work like that so yeah. shout out to uncle neely and everybody else out there willing uh to collab for the betterment of uh putting good quality information out there for Coach Prime and CU football as a whole. You know, uh, rising, like he said, rising tide lifts all boats, and and that, that is true. Uh, last thing I'll say, though, Uncle Neely, I need some <laughs> that beard oil when it come out, dog. I got a couple little patches over here that need to be done. <laughs> let, me, let me know. You think that's going to work on yours, Adam? You're going you gonna... to... I trimmed it the other day. It was getting a little squirrely on me. I'm I'm waiting for Uncle Neely's product. Is what I, that's all I'm waiting on to, to grow this bad boy out. But it's going to be called In the Bag with Uncle and, and Adam. And it's going to be a mailbag show. It was uh, I had a brain freeze there for a second, but yeah, no, I'm. We'll see. He's part of the problem is is that my gray kind of grows in in different spots, and so every once in a while, like Coach Prime says, ain't no shame in my game. Little. Little uh, just for men's every once in a while. If it's just not looking like it's it's uniform enough, uh, but maybe when I get the the Uncle Neely uh, product, I will just go full on board. And in in about ten years, Chico, I'm gonna be full gray anyway. So I'm only gonna fight this so long. They they, they come out of nowhere, don't don't they? I yeah. was I was looking in the mirror the other day. I was like, what? Oh Lord, where did that? Oh, I got the LeBron James coming over here too. Goodness <laughs> gracious. So, oh, shout out to LeBron. He has some beer product also called The Shop, I think. And, um, you know, might need to get some of that too. But Uncle Neely's Beard Oil coming soon. Endorsed by Buff em Updates with Adam and Chico. Yes, go get you some. <laughs> and uh, look for more to come from myself and Adam on Buff em Updates, man. Adam, let them know where they can find you at if they, they don't know already. Buffstampede.com and at, on X slash Twitter at AdamCM777. Hold on, let me put that up there for you. Go ahead, say it one more time. Head to buffstampede.com or on Twitter at AdamCM777. There you go. And you can follow me uh, on Twitter, slash X at Chico Cleveland. Also, the Big Dog Chico Show on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and such. B-I-W-G-D-O-W-G. That is I. And um, more to come at each and every week. We're going to hit you with the Buff'em updates right here. Uh, on the digital airways, as Stephen A. Smith would say, on the digital airways of YouTube, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All right. Adam, thank you once again for another show. This is um, episode number four. Yeah. Episode four. Right, Ma we, many more to come. 
Yeah, I appreciate you, Chico. We'll be back next week with episode number five. Buff them up, thanks. We up and up out of here. Peace and another show, y'all.